Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. That God can do something miraculous tonight. And if you are uh, in need of a miracle from God, I just want to encourage you <coughs> to uh, extend your faith tonight and just tell yourself, tonight's my night. Now, I think that probably all of us sometimes wonder if our faith is working right. You ever kind of wonder, man, am I, am I doing it right? Am I believing right? I pray, I pray, I'm believing the best I know how to believe, but it almost seems sometimes like there's something missing. Ever feel that way? Tonight's text deals with an issue that could be part of the problem, and I'm looking at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, and it says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering into His rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Now, the backstory of these two verses is about the children of Israel and how they missed the promised land. Uh, They missed God's best. They missed God's rest And, you know, tonight we came because we don't want to miss God's best. We don't want to miss out on the rest that He promises us. We want to have the best that God has for our lives, don't we? And so Hebrews 4.2 points out one of the ways that we can live a life of fulfillment, of promise, and that is by mixing God's Word with faith, with our faith. And so I've uh, titled this message tonight, A Perfect Mix. If we're going to live life to its fullest, we have to mix God's Word with faith, and it is a perfect mixture. If we have the Word without faith, then we are going to be dull and dry. We may know truth, but it doesn't have any real spark or life to it. I want uh, my life to have some spark in life, don't you? If we have faith without mixing in the Word, then we really don't have much substance uh, uh, to base it on. Uh, uh, if it, it would say, I believe. Well, what do you believe? Well, I just, I don't know, but I believe. <clears throat> we have to have some substance, something to put our faith in and to base our faith in. And that that we base our faith in is God's Word. <clears throat> and so we're looking at this tonight, how to mix the Word with faith. And I want to look at first things first, and that is how faith comes. 
God's Word says that faith comes by hearing the Word. Now, these two are inseparable. The Word and faith, and faith and the Word. And faith comes by hearing the Word. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now tell yourself, I believe that. Faith comes by hearing. Your being here tonight, uh, or if you're listening online, uh, this is a big part of it, is in hearing. Now in Acts chapter 10, Peter had been asked to a guy's house, uh, uh, and he was uh, wanting to hear what Peter had to say. It was a guy named Cornelius. Now, if you're a couple here tonight expecting a baby, can I just uh, recommend that you don't name your son Cornelius? Unless you already have, and then it's a great name. But Cornelius had been praying about how to know God better, and God uh, sent an angel to him and told him to go and send for Peter, and Peter would tell him what he needed to do. That's interesting to me that the angel just didn't tell him what he needed to do. God hasn't chosen angels to preach, but he has chosen fallible people. And I appreciate that, don't you? Thank you. (laughs) And so... Peter shows up at Cornelius' house, and the place is packed out. He had invited uh, uh, friends and relatives and all, and so they were all packed in and uh, uh, waiting for what Peter had to say. And the following is uh, what Cornelius said to Peter just before Peter started preaching. These are important words. He says, Now, therefore, We are all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Now this verse, I remember hearing uh, just an incredible preacher over 40 years ago preach from this verse of Scripture. His name was J. Floyd Williams. He was an incredible orator of God's Word. Preached some some messages that I have never forgotten, and I only heard several of his, uh, but they they are uh, uh, memorable. And he preached out of this verse, uh, as Cornelius said, we are all here present before God to hear. And J. Floyd Williams made a comment that I've never forgotten. He said, it is possible to be here and not to be here present. And I thought about my experience in church. And there I can tell you that there have been, no doubt, many times where I have been here, but not necessarily been here present. Uh, My mind wandered, I was distracted, and I know that nobody else has ever been that way, but it happens to me on occasion, you know, I think about the wind blowing here in Kingman. Man, uh, how the wind blows in Kingman. I bet it's going to blow again tomorrow. And, and the weather, I think about, uh, uh, um, I wonder how the Diamondbacks are doing this year because I haven't heard 
a word. But I wonder how the Cardinals are going to do in this upcoming football season. And my mind begins to stray and wonder. And we have that problem sometimes. We may be here, but we're not here present. And so I want you to say, tell yourself, I am here present to hear. I believe you are. And so here are these people. They were there present to hear all things commanded of God. What they were doing and saying, and Cornelius was telling Peter, we have come expectant. We have come with our faith, uh, and we're going to mix up uh, our faith with the word that you speak. uh, And when that happens, you know, things happen. And God did not disappoint them. Uh, They got saved, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoke in other tongues, and then they got baptized in water all in the same night. I mean, they got a dose of the Holy Ghost Uh, because they mixed their faith with the Word. And our faith uh, will work in direct proportion to the amount of Word we hear, read, and receive. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, Paul's writing to the Thessalonican church. He says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively works in you who believe. And he's writing to them and has said, God's word had impact on your life because, and I'm paraphrasing, but he says you believed and you mixed up your faith with the word. And because of that, it was effective. We need to believe like the Roman centurion that came to Jesus for his servant's healing. And he said in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 8, only speak a word and my servant will be healed. He had confidence. He had assurance. He was putting his faith in Jesus' word. And Jesus had told him, I'll come to your house. I'll pray for your servant. And the guy says, you don't need to come. Only speak a word and he'll be healed. We need that kind of believing. Only speak a word. And you know what? Tonight, God has spoken his word to us. He has given his word. It's in his word, the Bible. And when we hear that word preached or or taught or when we read it and receive it, you know what will happen? It will work. Not only will it work, but it will work effectively. Tell yourself, effectively. Faith isn't just a feeling, it's an action. When faith acts on the Word, when faith is mixed in with the Word of God, things happen. Now, you and I have a choice to make when we don't feel right. Mentioned at the beginning, sometimes we feel like our faith just isn't working right. We have a decision to make when we just don't feel right. Uh, About a week ago, I was in morning prayer and I, as I was praying, I started praying, and I just didn't feel much of anything going on, truthfully. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, when we feel that way, we have a choice and a decision to make. 
See, a lot of us, when that happens, we just wonder, you know, is God, is he just gone? Did he just not show up or something like that? And we have a choice to make. You know, if God is only present when I feel him, then, man, he comes and goes a lot of the time. And so that morning in prayer, I made a decision, and that is I began to take God's Word and mix faith with it. Because Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, He will never leave us or forsake us. John chapter 16 and verse 14 says, The Holy Spirit will abide with us forever. And I began to mix my faith with that Word, and you know what happened? My feelings changed, and it was a pretty good time in prayer. But can I tell you something? Even if my feelings didn't change, God's Word is still true. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. And what that means is, I believe that, or it can be applied to, is that our feelings can be great liars, can't they? But God can never lie. The Bible says it's impossible for him to lie. God can do anything except one thing, and that is lie. And so regardless of whether our feelings or circumstances change immediately, if we will mix the Word with our faith, then eventually it will effectively work. Now, I want you to tell yourself, I believe that. Now, tell yourself, I really do believe that. Good. We need to hear ourselves say those kind of things, don't we? In Acts chapter 27, Paul is in an incredible storm on a boat. Now, a a horrendous storm can always be a little unsettling. I remember one time where we had one of those odd monsoon storms in here in Kingman, and the wind was blowing, and and the rain was blowing, and I remember uh, I I was on the telephone, and and Cindy came rushing in, and she said, the the back slide of the back door is is moving, you know, and Cindy was up by, almost trying to push the door. It was like it was going to blow in. I said, Get away, let's get away, get away from the glass, you know. It was like, and that can be unsettled. Those kind of storms can be unsettling, can't they? But if you're on a boat in that kind of storm, it is doubly unsettling. And Paul was on a boat. They had been in that storm for 14 days. That's a long time to be in a storm. And they had thrown everything overboard to lighten the ship, and it all looked bad, but then... God spoke to Paul through an angel and told him everything was going to be okay. The ship was going to go down, but they were all going to be okay. Nobody was going to die. That's a good word to hear from God, isn't it? And Paul says in Acts 27, 25, he's telling the other men on the ship, Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. 
This is Paul mixing faith with the word, I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. He made a choice, and that was even though it looked like the ship was going to go down, his confidence was in the word of God over the storm that was still blowing at that time and rocking the ship. He made a choice to believe God that everything was going to be according to God's word. And we have to make the same kind of choices day in and day out, day after day, week after week, year after year. We have to choose to mix faith with God's Word. And, and no matter what our circumstances tell us, can you say that's true? Thank you. The more we practice mixing faith with the Word, the more we'll see and experience the power of God in our lives, and His interventions. Now, I want to look for a little bit at overcoming unbelief because this is a problem that we face sometimes. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 19 tells us the reason Israel didn't receive all that God meant for them to have, that they missed, and, and many of them, they're, they're, uh, they died in the wilderness. In Hebrews 3.19, and then our text tonight, I'm going to read it again. He says, so we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering into his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. You see, God had spoken His Word to these guys. They had a promise that they were going to go into the promised land, and they had already seen God do outrageous things, the plagues in Egypt. They had come out of Egypt, and they had, had drank water out of a rock. They had eaten angels' food that fell from the heavens. Every day they ate angels' food. They had a continual representation of God's presence by a pillar of a cloud by day to give them shade and a pillar of fire by night to keep them warm. And they had a constant visual uh, 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 revelation of God's presence with them, and yet they still were not convinced that God would do what He said He would do and bring them into the promised land. And so now we are giving a warning not to come short of the promises of God that He has for our lives, and it says, let us fear. Now, that's a weird thing for God's Word to tell us to do. Let us fear. Usually, when you're reading in the Word of God, it tells us not to fear. It warns us of the dangers of fear. Over and over in the Bible, it says, fear not. But if we're going to fear anything, it should be a falling short of God's promise of His best for our lives. And so the problem we run into is not being fully convinced that God is going to do what He said He'd do, and that is called unbelief. Now, the obvious solution to not being fully convinced that God's going to do what He said He'd do is to become 
fully convinced that God will do what He said He's going to do. We need to be convinced of His Word. Now, I want you to say this, He gave us His Word. And tonight, His Word is His bond. In Romans chapter 4, it gives us a great example of Abraham and how he mixed faith with God's Word and he made history. In Romans chapter 4, verses 18 through 21, it says, "...who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be." And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Uh, It's figuratively speaking because he was 100 years old and it just, anyway, you, you get it. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, this is a, an awesome uh, example, and it's also very convicting to me. Now, I take encouragement by the fact that if you read the story of Abraham and Sarah and this promise that they had, that uh, he ultimately became fully convinced. But at the beginning, They kind of uh, wrestled and struggled with it some. Uh, God's promise uh, was uh, that he was going to be the father of nations, and uh, uh, they were going to, in him, all the nations of the earth were going to be blessed, and it was a big promise. But there was a big problem with the big promise, and all of us have big promises. We have promises of God's provision. We have promises of God's healing. We have promises of God's peace. And all these promises, so many promises. We got promises, promises, promises. But uh, And they're big promises, aren't they? Promises of forgiveness, great promises, uh, exceeding great and precious promises. And so we've got promises. But we can also run into big problems with the promises at times. And Abraham ran into a problem, and that was that Sarah was barren. And so Sarah worked out a scheme to fulfill God's plan, and she brought it to Abraham and said, you know, you can take my handmaid, and you can sleep with her and have kids by her. And Abraham said, okay. And a baby was born, uh, named, and they called his name Ishmael. But God said he wasn't to be the heir, and that Sarah was going to have a boy of her own. And this is where we come into Romans chapter 4, and that is that Abraham finally became fully convinced that God was able to do what he said he would do, and God did it when Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. My point in that is we shouldn't give up on the promises even though time passes. We can have difficulty sometimes uh, because we have a promise, but maybe it didn't happen in the time frame that we think, and we shouldn't give up on the promises just because some time passes because God is good to His Word. 
Now, what we're going to look at lastly is how to become more fully convinced of God's Word. I want that, don't you? And so how can we better mix our faith with the Word? So in our, my, our opening, I mentioned the fact that sometimes we feel like our faith isn't just working right. And, that, and then began to develop this thought about mixing faith with the Word. So in order to do that, in order to mix faith with the Word, it means that that Word needs to get more deeply implanted in us. And for that to happen... We need to go further than just opening the Bible every once in a while and reading or hearing a sermon or a teaching here or there. We need to meditate on His Word. We need to ponder it. That's what Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 is talking about. He says, and this is God speaking, never stop reciting these teachings. You must think about them night and day so that you will faithfully do everything written in them. Only then you will prosper and succeed. In other versions of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, it, it, instead of saying reciting these teachings, it says meditate on them. And it means the same thing. Uh, 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 God, to meditate on God's Word, it means we recite it to ourselves. The word meditate means to mutter. It means to go over it again and again. It means to speak it to ourself until it becomes a part of us. We ponder it. We ponder the Word until it becomes close, a part of us, like a good friend. This is what we really need. We need to, to allow the Word of God to become a good friend. And I was thinking about how best to illustrate this. And I thought of my wife, Cindy, and, you know, I ponder or think about her through the day. I do. I think about her smile. She's got a great smile. When I think of Cindy, you know what, I get that warm, fuzzy feeling. I do. I, she just, she's my best friend. And so because of that, I think of her through the, the day. I ponder about her. And so here's my point, is that we need to make friends with God's Word. And there are a number of verses in the Bible that I get a similar feeling that I do when I think about or ponder about Cindy as I do of these verses. They have become my friends. And there are a number of them, but I, I jotted down two that I'm going to share with you. One of them, if you've heard me teach or preach over the years, you've heard me. This is probably my most quoted uh, portion of Scripture ever because it's been so important to me. I have received such strength, such courage, uh, such uh, assurance and confidence from these two verses. Uh, they have become my friends. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. 
And over the years, I have, I, for decades now, I have thought about these verses. I have spoken them to myself. They have been there for me in difficult times where, as I said, I may not have felt God's presence at that time, and I've thought about His promise. It doesn't matter what my feelings tell me or what I feel at the moment. God's Word is true, and these verses have so come through for me like a good friend when I needed them to. God said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so I don't have to be afraid because the Lord is my helper. That's good. Another verse that has meant a lot to me is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For he, meaning God the Father, made him Jesus the Son, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Now, I, can, I distinctly remember the first time this verse really grabbed a hold of me. And I was a, a, a new pastor, pastoring in my first church. <clears throat> I was struggling to just keep my head above water and having a really difficult time. I was only 23 years old, and I was wrestling with uh, uh, insecurities and lack of confidence and, and some people that were giving me trouble and all that and pastoring. And so <clears throat> I got a hold of a little pamphlet by a pastor teacher from decades ago, from uh, early 1900s, and some of you recognize his name, E.W. Kenyon. <clears throat> and it was a little pamphlet called Two Kinds of Righteousness. And the main subject was this about becoming the righteousness of God in Christ. And it, he, he just kind of broke it open for me. And the understanding that because of what Jesus did, I received, when I received Christ into my life, I received His righteousness, and when God the Father looks at me, He sees me through the righteousness of Christ. <clears throat> and I had read the verse before, but somehow now I was getting the whole, and I telling you, it made such an impact on me. I got so excited to know that I was, I was, viewed as righteous with God. It was a real revelation. I remember I got in my car and I ran over to a, a guy in the church, Lou Arkazinger's house, and just uh, began to lay it out to him and how, uh, what a difference this will make in our lives if we just dare to believe that we become the righteousness of God through Christ. And, and I was so excited, I was just li literally shaking with excitement uh, about this understanding that I had. Amen. Now, I'd like to tell you that from that moment on, I never lost sight of it, but I did. And really, it was over the process of years of thinking about, <clears throat> pondering it, uh, speaking this verse to myself. It's, and I don't know exactly when it happened, but somewhere along the line, this verse became my friend. And it's been there for me in good times and bad. And so just before I close tonight, I want to encourage you 
all of us, to find verses like these. And it may even be, the, these are great verses. If, if, if you're saying, I don't even know what to, what to get a hold of. Take these verses and make them your own. Begin to think about them, ponder them. If you're in need of healing, get some healing verses and begin to go over them. Begin to speak them to yourself. Uh, if you're in need of God's provision or His peace or whatever it may be, find some verses that deal with those subjects and begin to ponder them. Make them your friends. In Hebrews chapter 11, this has been called, the chapter has been called Faith's Hall of Fame because it gives a list of so many people who did incredible things through faith. Toward the end of chapter 11, in verse 13, it mentions folks who took the promises of God and embraced them. And this word embraced means to draw to oneself, to receive joyfully, and to welcome. And this is my point as I close tonight, is that we need to take God's Word and value it, welcome it, draw it into ourselves, uh, receive it joyfully, welcome it, just like we would a best friend. And so I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this, and, and, but I am telling you tonight, if we do this, it'll really pay off in our lives. I know it has in mine, and there's so many other verses that are, are familiar friends to me. They're there for me when I need them to be, and I thank God for the promise of His Word, don't you? Amen. We need to find verses that mean something to us and then go over them in our minds, embrace them, speak them to ourselves, ponder them, welcome as friends. Can you say amen? Now I want you to say, I'll give it a try. <clears throat> Praise God. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. <clears throat> Nobody looking around just for a moment. If you came out to the service tonight or if you're viewing online <clears throat> and you've never given your life to Christ, I want to pray with you. And just we're going to close with a prayer of forgiveness. And if you need his forgiveness tonight here, or you can pray this prayer in your home or wherever you are listening to this online. If you need his forgiveness tonight, nobody looking around for a moment, just as an indication of your need, would you slip it up and say, would you include me in this prayer? Praise God. Praise God. Let's, let's all pray this together. Would you just repeat this out with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask for your forgiveness. Come into my heart and life. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me your word. All your promises are yes and amen to me. I will meditate. I will ponder your word. I will make your word my friend. Thank you for that. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Would you give the Lord a big clap tonight? Thank him. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. God bless you. I trust that helped you. Somebody say it helped me. Thank you. You just helped me. Amen. God bless you. Good night.
Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.